faith. We're glad you've been watching, but we would love to have you join us one Sunday in person. Please see our website for our Sunday morning service times, and I hope to meet you soon. Our scripture reading today comes from Romans chapter 4. And while you're turning in your Bibles to Romans chapter 4, which it's in your pew Bibles, page number 941. While you're turning there, the children are free to be dismissed for the children's Bible lesson. Romans chapter 4. Be looking this morning at verses 9 through 12. What I should say is I'll be reading verses 9 through 12, but really just preaching on one verse, verse 11. Right now, I'm preaching through the book of Romans and went over this section of Scripture last week, but with baptism and communion happening today, um, I'm going to preach a sermon just on verse 11 that talks about this idea of circumcision being a sign and a seal of uh, the righteousness uh, that Abraham had by faith. So I'm going to preach a sermon on the sacraments. Again, we've, we've seen baptism in the Lord's, and we'll see Lord's Supper here, Lord willing, here in a few moments. Um, so this is just a simple sermon on the sacraments. And uh, a special thanks to Scott Chernock, who has uh, helped me sort of condense and focus my words, because you think about it. I mean, how do you preach just one brief sermon on the sacraments? And um, maybe, maybe one day, Lord willing, we'll have a whole series of sermons on the sacraments. But for today, it's you know, just, just one to try to hit a few high points. So, Romans chapter 4, I'll read verses 9 through 12. If you're able, please stand for the reading of God's inspired, inerrant word. He says here, beginning in verse 9, Is this blessing... It's a question that he's asking, and just a quick comment here. The blessing that he is referring to is the, ple- the blessing of having one's sins forgiven. The-, the blessing of having your transgressions covered, not by human merit, but by faith. Is this blessing then only for the circumcised, i.e. the Jews, or also for the uncircumcised, i.e. the Gentiles? For we say that faith was counted to Abraham as righteousness. How then was it counted to him? Was it before or after he had been circumcised? It was not after, but before he was circumcised. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised. So that righteousness would be counted to them as well. And to make him the father of the circumcised, who are not merely circumcised, but who also walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. This is God's word. Thanks be to God. Lord, please open our eyes now that we might behold wonderful things from this, your word. Through Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. The question that I'm trying to answer, I first jotted down in my notes when I was thinking through this, is what is a, a, a Reformed and Presbyterian view of the sacraments? But then I thought, well, wait a second. 
We want a biblical view of the sacraments. So what is a biblical view of the sacraments? Now, certainly uh, in the church of Jesus Christ, sincere Christians have different positions uh, and, and, you know, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. We love them dearly. And, but we have some different understanding of what all is happening uh, in baptism and the Lord's Supper. You know, there, there's, a, there's a very wide spectrum. For example, on the Lord's Supper, there are uh, our Roman friends who believe in a uh, literal physical presence of Christ in the elements. Uh, fancy name for that is transubstantiation. And then on the other end of the spectrum would be our Baptist friends who hold to what is sometimes referred to as a Zwinglian or a memorialist view that, um, that there's nothing really special happening in the celebration of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper except for the fact that you remember and of course you're blessed as you remember uh, what the Lord has done. Now the skeptic would look at all this and say, well, see, this is why I'm a critic of Christianity. Because the Christians can't even agree on on something like this. Uh, To which I say, you know, I think that's kind of trying to come up with an excuse not to believe. Because the reality is that, yeah, sure there's disagreement, but there's disagreement about really kind of secondary issues, secondary means. Not that these matters are unimportant, but all Christians, the whole spectrum have... Uh, significant agreement about baptism in the Lord's Supper, that they are legitimate, that they are ordained of the Lord, commanded by God, and they are very important for us to participate in. All Christians agree on what these things, baptism and the Lord's Supper, mean in the sense of, of bread and wine represent the body and blood of Christ. They tell us about the, the, the death of the Lord Jesus for our sins. Baptism, what does it mean and represent? The washing away of sins and being united to Christ. So there's so much agreement in the church over these sorts of things that don't be disturbed when someone says, well, see, you Christians can't even agree on this kind of stuff, so that's why I'm just going to toss out the whole idea of Christianity. But again, what is a biblical view of these elements? Um, Obviously, Reformed and Presbyterian folks see it a certain way, and I want to try to share those things with you today, at least hit a couple of high, high points. The bottom line is this. The biblical view that we understand um, the sacraments to be. The sacraments are about God. The sacraments are not about man. Um, they're about the Lord. Baptism and the Lord's Supper are not things that Christians do to show their commitment or to show their faith. They are signs and seals given to us by the Lord for Him to show His commitment, His faithfulness to His promises, to His people. That's, that's the big difference. That's the main point of the sermon today. The sacraments are about God, not man. So let's think about what God does then in these sacraments with three points. First of all, God gives signs. God gives signs. Now you see here in verse 11, Abraham, it says, received the sign of circumcision. Now what is this talking about? What is a sign? Don't overthink it. (laughs) Uh, A sign is 
um, is, is a physical thing that gives us information. It's a visible thing that teaches us about invisible realities. And again, not to overthink it, uh, an example of this would be a road sign. You know, you're driving down the road and, uh, and you see a, a sign that says road construction ahead. Um, that sign is not the construction. It's whether it's a mile or two miles or five miles ahead. It, it's, giving, it's telling you some information about something you can't see. The same way with one of those uh, yellow curve signs. You know, you know the, the, it's just an arrow doing this number. And so you know that there's a curve ahead. That's not a curve. That's just a sign. But it's telling you something that you can't see, that uh, up ahead there is a curve. That's what a sign is. It's a visible thing that teaches us about invisible realities. The sign of circumcision. Uh, it instructs us. And what it tells us, among other things, and again, sermon series for another time to get into all the details, but uh, the short of it is that circumcision instructs us that something has to be removed. Something has to be cut off. And that's, of course, our sinful nature. It has to be cut off. It has to be removed. Just like when I quoted a few minutes ago, 2 Corinthians 5.17, If any man is in Christ, the old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And not only that with circumcision, but, but you get the idea with circumcision that blood has to be shed. There must be a shedding of blood for the removal of sin. So that's, that's what we're talking about here with signs. And these signs are from the Lord to us. They're gifts to us. And they're gifts to us because we need to be instructed. We forget. And so we need to have these physical things that we can see to instruct us, remind us, and help us to comprehend. And in a sense, especially with circumcision, it's a very graphic, um, a visible way to lead us to spiritual understanding. So God gives us signs. But the signs aren't only for us, as in for our edification, for our instruction and understanding. As signs, they point to Christ. Which gets us back to the fact that sacraments are about God. That's first and foremost what they're designed for, is to enable us, encourage us, lift our eyes heavenward. Of course, in this context, in Romans chapter 4, the, the, uh, the sacrament, what we're seeing here talking about is, is circumcision. And what you see when you think about this is that Jesus is the one who was cut off. Not because of his sin, but because of our sin. He took it upon himself. He took our sin upon him. He was cut off. He was the one who was removed from his throne in heaven. He is the one who shed his blood. And so God gives us signs. But they're not for us to focus on ourselves. They are for us to focus on God himself, on the Lord. Now many believe that baptism is where I show my faith to the world. But baptism is not about your faith. It's about God's faithfulness. Sacraments show us what God has done. Sacraments are for the Lord. You know, a, a good uh, passage of Scripture and verse that sort of speaks to this is in Genesis chapter 9. So after the flood... 
the Lord speaks to Noah, and this is what we read. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, rainbow, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember. The Lord remembers the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is a sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. That I will remember. It's for the Lord. It's about God and His faithfulness. Not, not for us to announce things about ourselves, but for us to think about God. God gives signs. And then second, we see here in Romans chapter 4 that God gives seals. Signs and seals. Again, Abraham, it says in verse 11, received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had. You could insert the word really to help you understand that he already had uh, by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So what is a seal? We think about it in kind of in modern uh, definitions, really kind of two uh, different definitions of a seal. One is, you know, you get you get some sort of food at the grocery store. And it's got some sort of seal around it to keep to show that it hasn't been tampered with. Now, some of you who are younger, it wasn't always that way. You used to be able to just walk through the grocery store, and if you had a headache, you see the tile and all there, you pop it open, and you. But some, but somewhere, I don't know if it was when I was. You know, I grew up in the 70s and 80s, and so I don't know if it was in the 70s. But at one point, people were putting stuff in the Tylenol bottles, and and so that's when all this sealing of food packages came into place. Um, before that, again, you can just grab whatever you want and start eating, I guess. But now, now um, they have these seals that indicate something's not being tampered with. That's not the kind of seal that's being spoken of here. Think here of a seal in the sense of a notary public stamp. Um, matter of fact, I went and found my birth certificate. And here it is. So old, you know, it's just about falling apart. But um, here's my birth certificate. Commonwealth of Kentucky, because I was born in Ashland, Kentucky. Now, what makes this um, legitimate and significant is the fact that right up here, you can place your finger over this little round thing, and the paper is raised, it's bumpy. That's a seal. Now, just a copy of this really won't do anybody any good. But whenever you have that seal, and you can touch that, and you can uh, uh, feel it with your hands, then you know that it's legitimate. You know, the, the, the Ivanovs, we're, we're praying for, for them to, to someday, Lord willing, uh, have a document that states that they would be American citizens. Um, it'll have then, whatever that document is, it'll have that, that stamp, that, that seal, raised piece, you know, parts of the paper there. It, and what it means, and this, this is really what it gets to, what that seal means is that the one who owns the document with the seal or the one to whom the, the document is addressed with the seal. It means that that one actually possesses what the document indicates. That's what a seal is. It means that one really possesses 
in the case of the Ivanovs. They, they really are, you know, Lord willing, if, when, if in, in God's providence and time when they get that, they really are um, American citizens uh, because that's what the document indicates. And they really have that. They, they really possess that citizenship. In baptism, the one who is baptized actually possesses what it signifies. Now, of course, um, that's, that's why, you know, the Irvins met this morning with the elders. The elders hear testimony. We ask all kinds of questions. Um, you know, you fill out paperwork, things like this. We're, we're trying to understand as, what has the Lord done in, uh, in one who comes to be a member of the church? What has the Lord done in their life? What has it done in their heart? We're sort of understanding and, and, and united to Christ. You know, that's what we're, what we're looking for. And so when, when we administer baptism to one, we're saying that best we can tell from man's point of view... Um, they really do possess what the baptism signifies. They really have been washed clean of their sins. They really have been united to Christ. With the Lord's Supper, the one who partakes is actually united to Christ and feeds on Him by faith. So that's what the seal does. Now you may look at that and think, well, so why baptize babies? Are we saying that baptized babies actually possess what it signifies? Well, just like, no, just like circumcision uh, didn't save, uh, baptism doesn't save. Uh, again, verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised, before he had received the right of circumcision. So baptism doesn't save the child. But we're saying that baptism unites the child to the Lord and to the church. And he does it in the same way that an engagement ring unites one to another. There is a special relationship there. There are special privileges. There are special responsibilities. But we still look for the child to say, I do, to Christ in time. So the sacraments, signs, seals, it's all about God, what God has done. And he gives signs and he gives seals. And then finally, he gives Blessings. God blesses those who partake of the sacraments. There are spiritual benefits to participating in these sacraments. Now, the key to that, to receiving these blessings and benefits, is faith. Again, verse 11. He received the sign of circumcision as a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. Faith is the key here. Faith is crucial. There are spiritual benefits, which is what I'm saying here. There are spiritual benefits to participating in these sacraments when faith is present. Without faith, it's just water on the head. Without faith, it's just a little piece of bread and a little bit of, of juice. The, the way it's phrased in the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, the chapter on the Lord's Supper, uh, talking about the importance of faith in this for the, for the benefit and blessing to be there, it, it says it this way. Worthy receivers, outwardly partaking of the visible elements of this sacrament, also inwardly by faith receive and feed on Christ crucified. The body and blood of Christ is not bodily or physically present, 
uh, the way it's phrased there, in, with, or under uh, the bread and wine, yet is really but spiritually present to the faith of believers in this ordinance. So by faith, <clears throat> we receive and feed upon Christ. And so Abigail's, uh, at least, and maybe, maybe Sam, I don't know, because don't know their history, um, uh, I mentioned that he was, had been baptized in church as a, as, a, as a baby. But, you know, when she takes communion... Um, there, you know, she's not gonna, she's not gonna uh, feel like there's like, you know, a special quiver in her stomach or or any sort of thing. You know, we receive these elements by faith. We are blessed. We are benefited as we receive them by faith. Um, the way John Calvin said it, along with the preaching, hearing, reading of God's word, prayer, and the fellowship of the saints, the sacraments are means of grace. A mean of grace, a, a way that grace is distributed and passed to us. They are not bare or empty symbols, but vehicles for the Holy Spirit to bring us into sweeter communion with our risen Savior. It's mysterious, yes. It's invisible, but there is spiritual benefit. There is spiritual blessing to those who feed on Christ by faith. The the, the verse that... that um, that I like that speaks to this, I think most clearly is First Corinthians ten sixteen, the cup of blessing that we bless. Of course, what we're talking about, what we have right before us, the cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? There's something happening. As we receive these elements by faith, we are blessed. We are benefited. Mysterious, yes. Invisible, yes. But, but real. And not the easiest thing to really explain or understand. Matter of fact, the way uh, uh, it's attributed to the Scots, which is kind of funny because the Scots are not known for being the most uh, emotional or um, uh, type people in the world. But the way it's, this, this saying is attributed to the, to the Scots, Sacraments are better felt than telt. <laughs> we can try to tell you about the sacraments to help you understand, but sacraments are better felt than telt. That's the idea there. Sacraments are about God. They're about God's faithfulness, not your faithfulness or your faith. They're gifts from God. And in a sense, you know, every time we baptize a baby, we're seeing this. Because a baby is just a recipient. A baby can't earn the baptism. A baby can't do anything to, you know, to get baptized. They simply receive the gift of the Lord. That's the way it is for all of us. Salvation, forgiveness of sins, <clears throat> the Holy Spirit being united to Christ. All gifts from the good, merciful, kind, loving hand of God. And I say for, to that, may we be forever thankful and appreciative of His work in us and these sacraments that He gives to us. Let us pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank You for these sacraments, baptism and the Lord's Supper. 
that we have seen in baptism and that we're getting ready to see now in the Lord's Supper. Thank you for giving us these signs because we do need instruction. We do need help to understand what all is happening. But thank you for the promise that this cup of blessing that we bless, it's a participation in the blood of Christ. There's great benefit to us. And we thank you for nourishing us and strengthening us through this meal. And we pray that we would be ever thankful for your kindness and gifts to us in these sacraments.